Welcome back to another episode of Crush and Lemons. As always, my name is Ryan and I'll be your host each episode. As the old saying goes, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Here on Crush and Lemons, we're dedicated to sharing the inspirational stories of our guests each week who've persevered through life's challenges. On today's episode, our special guest is Allie, and she's going to share her story about moving cross-country for her career and some of the various struggles she faced, like anxiety and being away from her family during a difficult time. But learning from those experiences have helped guide her down the path she's on today. And now it's time to sit back, relax, grab some lemonade, and join us as we sit down with Allie and she shares how she was able to take her lemon moment and make her very own lemonade. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Crush and Lemons. On this week's episode, our special guest is Allie. So to start the episode off, I will let her introduce herself. Thanks, Ryan. Hi, everybody. My name is Allie Gooden, previously known as Allie Sinkula, recently married. But it's so great to be here today. I am originally from Wisconsin. So go Badgers, go Packers. Grew up there, Midwest girl. So, you know, I have a a family of of five. I'm the oldest of three girls. Very proud to be a sister and a daughter to my amazing family. Um, But what's been fun is growing up, I, uh, my family and I, we would vacation in Disney World all the time. I mean, yeah, you're nodding your head too. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was the vacation we did twice a year, if not three times a year. And it was the only place we would go. Orlando became quickly my second home away from home as I was growing up. So then by the time I was in college, when I was going to University of Wisconsin, I got this itch. I had this travel bug that I was just, you know, I'd studied abroad in Italy and It was my senior year. I was studying art and graphic design. And it was just this moment of, I I need to be somewhere else. And I can remember it so vividly. Yeah. So I, I remember I was leaving class and on the hallway, the only thing that I could see was my college program. It was a college program poster for, you know, the Disney college program. And so I, it was kind of my moment of, oh, I, I should look into that. And sure enough, I applied and halfway through senior year, I was accepted to start a graphic design internship with the Walt Disney Company. And I moved down, finished my degree while I was interning for the company in 2014. And I have not gone back since. I And my mom will tell you that was <laughs> story. I remember talking to her on the phone and she's like, you're not coming back, are you? <laughs> like, no, I think Orlando's where I'm going to be. So, so that's kind of my growing up in a nutshell. I have since being at Disney learned so much just about myself and about other people and have really grown into this person who I just love people. I love helping people. I love talking with people. I just, I think there's a lot of beauty in connecting with others and creating community. And so becoming this life coach that I am now, uh, is really a culmination of being a designer who was able to explore other pathways through her career at Disney. And I love being able to share that with, with others. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you on the show is because you have this great network of people you've been able to work with and influence. 
So we'll get into more of your life coaching stuff and your lemonade side of things. But before we dive into that, um, let's take a step back in time and have you kind of set the scene for what was your lemon moment. Um, Share with the listeners kind of that story. Let's do it. It won't be too sour. Lemon moment for me was within the last six years. So like I mentioned, I moved to Florida in 2014 to pursue my dream job. I mean, I started graphic design. I got the internship in graphic design. You know, I made it like it was this huge, huge moment, um, as it is for many young adults who get to go and intern at Disney. So it's this, it's this really wonderful honor that I felt like I had achieved. So, you know, I, I loved that experience for about two years, being an intern, moving into a couple of TAs. I I mean, I was just having the time of my life and it wasn't until 2016. So about two, two and a half years into living here that I started to experience a few things coming to a head. One of them was uh, my mom. We found out she was diagnosed with cancer. So as you can imagine, I mean, being the oldest of three girls, I'm the responsible one. I am my mom's best friend. Like I just, I really look up to her and for her to, for that to happen um, was just devastating and completely out of the blue they had just moved to Florida too. So it was this, you know, this empathic side of me where I knew this was their dream to live here too. And then all of this was happening for them at the same time. So it was, it was a rush of emotions and I was very shaken at that time to know that that was happening to her and not knowing what was going to happen. Combine that with being in, I was actually in a relationship, a pretty long-term relationship that was ending. And that was, you know, anyone who's ever had to break off a relationship, you know, it's tough, um, especially when it's one that means a lot to you. Um, so, so that at the same time was going on. And then lastly, going through the hustle of all of those Disney jobs finally kind of came to a head. And I was at a really difficult place in my career that, you know, I couldn't quite find a way out of, you know, the, the pain that I was kind of going through and navigating. So, you know, being a daughter, being a significant other, being an employee, all of those big roles that I was playing felt so shaken. And I, I very quickly fell into a tough place that I think a lot of people experience, which is severe anxiety. I, I mean, growing up, I I kind of had experienced it. You know, I had, I had fears, Ryan, of the most ridiculous sort. Like at Thanksgiving, we couldn't light candles because it was fire. And I was afraid the house would light on fire. You know, there were storms outside. I hated the storms. And so I've, I've had anxiety all of my life, but in 2016, 2017, it was, you know, an adult form of anxiety where I, I didn't sleep. I probably for six months slept for two hours a night, most nights. Wow. Uh, Yeah. I, and because of that, you know, I wasn't eating. I, my anxiety resulted in a lot of just, I lost my appetite, but somehow, some way I was still able to perform at work. It was this very, just, I was so imbalanced and I didn't know what to do. And I was just, I was scared for 
a long, long time. Um, and so, you know, that, that I guess was kind of, I guess we could seal a bow on that for my, my lemon moment. It's a very tiny bow because it wasn't, I, it wasn't a great time. And I, I know what it feels like to, to go through severe panic attacks and sleep deprivation and, you know, all of that. So. So looking back, what would you say was kind of your lowest point while you were going through this experience and kind of dealing with the anxiety and depression? I think my lowest point was when I wasn't talking about it. So, you know, I'm keeping in mind that my mom is sick and my family's stressed out about that. I'm keeping in mind, you know, my job is my job and I just need to get through the work day. But by not talking about those things because I had a responsibility to other people, I was really hurting myself. And I, again, it resulted in every other day having panic attacks where, you know, the lowest point looked like for me, I didn't leave my apartment. I, and if I did leave my apartment, it was to go to my parents' house because I felt safe there. But I didn't go to dinner with friends. And when I did, which was amazing, it was actually my 26th birthday. The roommate I had at the time, she was my saving grace. She was amazing. She and I, like, I would make pacts with people to say, hey, if I'm starting to have a panic attack, can you be my buddy? Or that person, like my roommate even, she started that with me. She was the one to say, hey, if you're having a tough time, give me a cue, like just pat me on the shoulder or move your napkin. But like, just let me know. That'll indicate to me that we can step away from the table and, you know, you can kind of go and breathe and do what you need to do. So I would say that that those were just some moments that I can remember that were so hard for me because I'd been such an outgoing extroverted love to be around people, love experiencing new things. So I was also putting this lens on myself of why are you this way right now? You know, putting that pressure on of what is wrong with you. And instead of, you know, my lemonade, which I'll talk about in a little bit, um, was a complete transition of that mindset. You've kind of answered this question already. So I'm guessing I know the answer based on what you just said, but is there, was there anybody during this time that was kind of your rock that kept you grounded through this entire experience? Completely. There are two, three people in particular. Um, and it's shocking because again, I had shared with you, you know, I don't, I felt the responsibility to not put any of this extra stress on my family. So I'll be honest, I did not lean on my family as much during this time. But I will say my mom, you know, her being sick, she showed up at three in the morning when I was having a panic attack. Like she drove across the city to show up for me and calm me down. And I didn't have to call the ambulance like I thought I did. She showed up. She was just there by my side. And she knew as a mom, you know, that her daughter was was going through something. So she was number one. I would also say two friends of mine, one being my roommate, Caroline, uh, she was up with me at, at those mornings that I was having a tough time. And she was there, you know, as a friend for me to help me through any of those tougher moments that I just needed the cue, right, to leave the table or whatever. But I would say that 
she was one. And then the third was my friend Vivi. And I got to know Vivi through work. Uh, We started to work together more closely, but she became this mentor of mine. Like she's like your best friend, but on the mentor side of things. I don't know how to describe it. She has this wisdom about her, but also this humor that you just feel comforted by her. Like you can be your honest, authentic self. And I needed that. And I mean, she was the one during my work days who I could go to and just get a quiet room and talk to if I needed a break. She inspired me to seek therapy and counseling. But all of that to be said, I really had a small tribe that knew what was going on. And then therapy is another one that I'll talk about. But I think that's something that people need to remember, too, is you don't necessarily need to tell everyone in your life what you're going through, but to have a few of those key people to help you through it is really important. And I love what you were saying about your roommate, where she came up with the idea of if you guys are out together somewhere in a social environment and you, you need help with something, just some kind of a subtle motion or signal. I think that's a great thing that anybody can offer their friends. So if any of our listeners realize they have friends that are going through similar Um, anxiety or struggles in social environments, have that conversation with them. Let them know that you are there for them and work out some kind of a sign or signal between the two of you so that they feel supported and loved in these times where they're struggling. Yeah. And I know there will be an advice section, so maybe you can add this to it. But the biggest thing I think that all three of these people for me helped with was listening. You know, if Caroline came to me saying, hey, here's a fix send me a signal, I think I would have felt the pressure a little bit more, or that would have been something extra for me to try and remember. But it was, I think, a mutual conversation at the time of what she, she would ask me, what would help you? Like what would take some of this stress away, some of this anxiety away from you so that you can enjoy your birthday dinner. And then it was us kind of brainstorming. So, so I guess I'd add the caveat to any listeners too, of you know, seeking people who, you know, will genuinely listen to you and not go to fixing right away. Cause that, that makes all the difference in the world. And that reminds me, I'm going back in my own timeline here a bit, but when I was in college, I was an RA and one of the key topics they worked with us on was the concept of active listening. So it's one thing to be there in the conversation, kind of sort of there. Um, but to be an active listener, like you said, and actually understand what those people are going through and take the time to let them come up with those ideas rather than coming in trying to be the superhero trying to fix everything um so i think that's something everybody can work on is trying to be a better active listener and not steering conversations or leading them um, especially when you're trying to help other people that you care about i'm giving you all the air high fives right now (laughs) and like all the snaps from my sorority days that that i mean that's it That's the answer, 100%. With that, let's start transitioning over to your lemonade. Um, So you've kind of gone through this anxiety and and started to figure out keys that work for you and ways to overcome it. Um, So what's your lemonade out of all of this? My lemonade is where I am today. So through, (laughs) through all of that struggle and uncertainty, the switch was me starting to talk to people about this. So like I had mentioned, I had confided in a handful of people, but 
when I started to go to therapy was number one, I would recommend that for everybody. And I know there's a lot of great resources out there, which I'd be happy to share, but therapy was this like wide eyed moment of I've been doing this all wrong and that's okay. Right. But like the acknowledgement of it and the realization combined with the self kind of confirmation of you got this. It's okay that it wasn't all that right. You're going to learn something from it. Therapy really taught me to start having conversations with a few more people that I trusted. But then also I realized that I started to heal from that. And I realized that I wasn't the only one who's experienced anxiety or depression to that level, right? It just became this very healing process for me. I also started to learn a lot about self-care. So, you know, I've always been into sports and like just being an active person, but this idea of moving into my adult life um, with some different, I just needed to move my body at the end of the day. And I started, I started really slow. I started with, you know, the recommendation I got from my therapist was just move 10 minutes a day. Just get your heart rate up 10 minutes a day. It's all you need. And Ryan, it's so funny. I've never been a runner in my life, but that year or after that year, I ran my first 5k and then I ran my first 10k. And it was this, like, I could focus my attention, not on the things that I wasn't in control of, but rather I'm in control of my body and what it can do. And wow, look at what it can do just with a little bit of time and effort. So it is these practices combining running with meditation, doing yoga. I started to go to a spa, <laughs> um, which is, I say it all the time. It's like my bougie spa, <laughs> but I, I really just started to do these very deliberate things and test out different pathways to kind of take my mind out of the everyday and into something that truly was taking care of me. And so again, all of these self-exploration things I started to build in as habits and I started to talk about them. I started to share them with my friends, with my family. And it was this amazing energy that I was getting combined with some of the groups that I was involved with. So like leading an intern community at Disney being a part of a group called Disney Creatives, um, which is a wonderful community of, of creative professionals. Um, I realized, I was like, I, I can make this conversating with people and helping them into something. I can turn that into something. So, so very, uh, it was probably the last year and a half, I, I've been researching you know, what this idea of a life coach is. It started because I started to read more books. I started to get into kind of the self-help space of the world. And I came across, you know, Stephen Covey, Rachel Hollis, Brene Brown, like all of these really reputable speakers. And I, I thought, there's what are they doing? Like, what does this mean? And I came across, you know, Life Coach. And I was like, reading what that meant, you know, it's it's really being someone to support and advocate their fellow clients or their fellow friends and family through their life and through your, their goals. And I thought, wow, I've been doing that. And that is something that I, I realized has really been a part of my story and how I've gotten away from the lemon moment was really being a coach or being supported by coaches in my own life. 
Well, and I can relate to that kind of on a personal level as well. While I was in college, I worked in our career center for five years. So while I wasn't so much a life coach side of things, I really dove into career coaching and being able to work with people one-on-one and help develop them and help them uh, practice interviews and resumes and get ready to enter the workforce. It was always so rewarding after you've worked with somebody a couple of times and they come back to the office all excited, they got the interview or they got the job and you were part of that process. So I can completely relate to where you're coming from with this and seeing them succeed brings you joy as well. A thousand percent. And it, it's validating too, that, you know, the difficulty that we all go through in our lives is relevant and it is it's a part of your life that you you learn to accept because it has created something more beautiful and and rewarding from all of that so looking back what would you say was the most effective thing that you were able to do and you kind of touched on this i think um to turn your lemon into lemonade what did you find the most helpful to start that kind of transition It would be talking and sharing my story with other people. Um, It is. It's like this this release. I I talk about a kettle and how you release the steam from it. It's the exact same thing where you bottle up all of these, you know, harmful self-thoughts for so long or insecurities or uncertainties. And you're just keeping them in your head on the hamster wheel and until you can kind of release the opening of the kettle, it's it's going to just sit there and stew and boil over. So being very deliberate and thoughtful about those conversations, I would say, is just another piece I would add on to that layer. Because, you know, I'm not going to be in this difficult place and talk to someone who I don't trust or share that information with someone I don't trust because... I recognize that I'm vulnerable right now. And the last thing that I need is, again, someone to come in and fix it or provide an opinion that might not serve me in the best way or the most healthy way. So keeping those conversations to a group that you really trust and that you know they have your best interests at the end of the day is is ultimately what served me the most. That's a great answer. Thank you. If you could go back in time and have a conversation with yourself as you were going through the anxiety, through the struggle, knowing what you know now and everything you've learned, what kind of advice or conversation would you have with yourself knowing all that you do now? I don't want to go with the cliche, it'll all be okay. Like, because you just don't know even tomorrow what's going to happen, right? But I think... What I would go back and say is presently, it is okay to not be okay. And I feel like I've heard a motivational speaker say that, but I think I would just sit and reassure myself that, you know what, it's all right that you don't have a whole lot of sleep right now. It's, it's okay. Like, you know, you're, you actually aren't alone in this and you know, I would, I would try and give some examples. I would try and give, you know, some, some sort of validation, but I think I would, I think I would just sit with myself and 
validate the the feelings that I was experiencing and the thoughts that I was having just with, you know, I hear you and I'm here to listen to you and I'm here to answer any questions or talk about anything that's going on. And I will only keep that with myself. You know, no one else will hear that. But I, I don't think I would go back as an advisor. I don't think for a second I would go back and have a suggestion or try to change something because again, I would not be in the shoes that I am now without that experience for sure. And I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, some people may look at a question like that and do more of the what ifs. Um, but I love that you're saying you'd go back and just kind of be that support system rather than trying to force upon hey, I know everything, so do it this way type mindset. Right. And that's that's the biggest thing, too, that I've learned with becoming a certified life coach is exactly what you said. Active listening is number one. If if I can't sit with another person and just hear them and ask them really thoughtful questions to kind of get to the root or a new realization, then I'm not coaching. I'm consulting or I'm providing therapy. Right. And that's, that's not what my job is. My job is to just be present with myself or with that person. So is there any advice you would give to other people that are struggling internally and maybe haven't made that step to reach out to people asking for help, um, to kind of get them down the path to be able to overcome their anxiety or or depression? My recommendation, and this, everyone's different, first and foremost, everyone is so different. I I truly believe that having conversation is where it all begins. And for me, that was therapy. So if someone were to choose to go to therapy and talk to someone, because that's all it is, it's literally, you're going just to have a conversation with someone who's not within your inner circle right? You're going for an unbiased opinion. I would suggest highly, highly, highly to not settle for a therapist who you don't connect with. End of the day. Um, reason being, I, again, I knew I, I wanted to go to therapy frequently. And so I began my therapy journey with two different individuals One was actually through a phone service. So it was just by telephone and another was in person. And there was something after I left each session or hung up the phone, I felt it wasn't, it was kind of this dissatisfaction, like, okay, you know, I got to share what's going on, but I didn't necessarily feel heard. And that's all I was looking for was I just needed to be heard and validated but I, I didn't get that. And I didn't know that that was important. So I continued for about two, three months to go back to these same, uh, therapists. And it wasn't until a good friend of mine, again, a good friend of mine came along. She was going through the same mental health journey and she and I were, you know, going to watch motivational speakers together. We ended up having this really deep conversation about therapy and where we were both at. And she said, you know, the best advice that I got was to really 
self, like really be selective about who your therapist is because it's your time and it's your energy that you need to focus on. So she gave me a recommendation and that was, it was like the third time's a charm. I've been going to see this gentleman now for since 2017. So what is that? Three years. And immediately when I met them, there was the, you can, you know, you can just feel a connection with another person by their energy, by what they have to say. And you're just, the time kind of passes by without you even looking at the clock. I spoke with him for two hours the first time we met, which is a very long time in therapy. (laughs) And, and it's like that every single time. And so I guess that would be kind of my biggest recommendation is please talk about it with people that you trust. But if you do choose the route of therapy, be selective because your time and your energy is, is too important to let it just be for not. In in general, I, I feel like this has been getting better, but I, I feel like there's kind of a stigma people have when you hear somebody's going to therapy. And as a population, a community of people, we should all be working together to remove that stigma. Like there is nothing wrong with asking for help and having a conversation with another human being. So one of the, a a thing anybody can do to help others with this kind of process is help to remove that stigma that therapy is a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with talking to other, to other individuals and asking for help along the way. In my opinion, therapy is as if you were going to go to your dad for advice on, you know, the girl to ask out to prom. Like, I know I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but you're confiding in someone who you trust for their opinion or for advice or for guidance. And if you break down therapy, it becomes similar. It becomes similar. Granted, the therapist is someone likely who you've never met before. Right. So the dad and therapist thing is is different from a relationship perspective, but it is. I mean, I just can't imagine not being able to talk about like every little thing going on in my life without kind of some sort of support or guidance along the way. I I just can't. I think that'd be a little bit lonely (laughs) if I were to share my opinion. Um, But but yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to add about your lemonade that you were able to make through all of this or any other comments you have for our listeners? Yeah, I I think the last thing that I would just add on is, you know, this didn't happen overnight. This was, I mean, I would even say this, this journey for me is still continuing. I'm, I mean, in two hours, I'm going to see my therapist. Like, hello, it's it's just become a normal part of my life and recognizing what anxiety means for me um, and how to manage it. But it it took me three years to really get to a place where, you know, I found the love of my life and was able to have a healthy relationship and get married. And now we have a house and, you know, all these responsibilities that seem really daunting. 
um, especially for someone with severe anxiety, but, um, it takes time. It takes time. And I, I hope for people that, you know, in finding their lemonade, if they are experiencing anxiety or even depression, you know, there are many ways to navigate it, but give yourself time, give yourself the grace to say, I'm not okay right now. And that's all right. One day I hope, and it will be okay. And just reassurance that time will, will help you heal. It really, really will. And it's how you find the patience and the support through that, that will get you through. Well, and what you just said there reminds me of one of our previous guests, Caleb, and he was talking about some days, anything may seem impossible, like even just getting out of bed. Um, so set small goals, the, the simplest of things, and it will take time to overcome any of this, but if you can create those little milestones along the way and set those simple tasks to get up, brush your teeth, shower, do things in your daily life, I feel like that will help kind of the process of growing and healing rather than trying to think of it as this massive task of, oh my gosh, I need to figure out how to get my anxiety under control. Take it step by step and celebrate those little wins along the way so that this seemingly daunting task becomes much easier to digest bite-sized pieces. You nailed it. Yep. So am I I a certified life coach now? (laughs) You're a certified life coach. You're a wizard, Harry. (laughs) That was, that was, uh, yeah. I don't know. You, you summed it up very well. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I can't take all the credit. I've learned so much from all of my guests. Um, So you're actually the 10th person I've interviewed for the show. Um, And every time I sit down with somebody and have these conversations, I feel like I'm growing and learning. Um, So hopefully I can continue to reach out to more people and help people for the better Um, even if it's in just the form of giving people like you the opportunity to share your story so that other people realize they're not alone. There are other people that have gone through these similar things and they've come out on top in the end. But like you said, it takes time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and time and grace for yourself, right? Just we're all human beings. We all have our own stories, our own experiences. We're all different. And we figure things out differently. And that's really amazing to get to do that. And, you know, finding the people around you to support you through it is is what counts. Yep. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your week to sit here, talk with me, and especially share this very personal journey that you went through um, this multiple year healing process and sharing where you've gotten to today. So thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Um, So if people want to follow along with you in your journey, what is the best way for people to connect with you? Thanks, Ryan. Uh, Best way, I I mean, I hope people can tell from this that I love people. So I'm going to just spew it all out. Um, I'm on all of the socials. So uh, my business is called Full Life Coaching. Full is spelled F-U-L. So you know, imagine you can tack full on to beautiful or wonderful or insightful, but anyway, full life coaching is where you can find me. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and then LinkedIn. I'm 
also very active on LinkedIn. So reach out. My name's Allie Gooden. And then my website, of course, is fulllifecoaching.com. So. And as always, we'll put links to all of those various medias in our podcast description. So if people do want to follow along or get in touch with you, maybe even hire you as their life coach, it'll be very easy for them to find that information. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. This is great. As always, thanks for joining us for another episode of Crushing Lemons. And a big shout out to Allie for sharing her story, which will hopefully help inspire others who have struggled with similar situations. If you want to learn more about this podcast, check out our social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Crush and Lemons, and send us a tweet with ideas for future episodes. And if you or someone you know would be interested in being one of our future guests, send us a note to crushandlemons at gmail.com. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with someone you know, and consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming service you've listened to today. It really helps us grow. If you're dealing with your own lemon moment, just remember you're never alone. There's always other people out there who've gone through similar things. We look forward to sharing more stories with you in the future. In the meantime, keep an ear out for when our next episode drops and work to turn your lemon moments into your very own lemonade.